We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast. The show about the show, the show within the show. As always, you can get this on the normal DA show podcast feed. You've got... The full four hours, the best of the show, and the PGP, or the Permission Granted podcast feed itself. You can search Permission Granted and subscribe there and just get the podcast of the Permission Granted podcast, or inside the Odyssey app, listen to us live there and listen to our podcasts. Last week, now a recap, since you and I were walking through last week with the PGP, we ended with a Greg Caserta Thursday, a Peter Schwartz on Friday, with our two update anchor slots. We had talked about Erica Herskowitz last week on the PGP because she had just concluded her three days on the show. Let's start with Caserta. Caserta had been an update guy of mine for Sunday morning football, but had not done the DA show in this time slot ever. What was your early reaction to just one day of Caserta? I mean, my early, early reaction was, wow. Like, my, that was the first word that jumped out to me because the first update, and I know Greg a little bit, you know, funny banter back and forth on Twitter. I've seen him in the past in the newsroom, but he was, he came out firing. Like, when I just, hey, this is the way we do updates, fine. He was so prepared. I mean, he's reading off and mocking my tweets in the first update he had. Uh, then he's shredding John Sterling. Takes a real run at Sterling by saying he's vomiting bile when Sterling had a botched home run call. It was just incredible. Dry sarcasm then continues throughout the rest of the show. And I hate to use the word perfect because nothing's perfect, but that's about as damn close to a perfect effort that you're looking to fitting in with a show and the sound of the show that you will find in replacing an Andrew Bogus. He came in real hot. He did his homework. He was ready. He knew that was a, that was a big spot for him, and he delivered. And that's really good to see. You want a guy that rises to the occasion, recognize the significance of that slot. Right. Prepared is the word, I think. He was prepared. And he knew he had to take some big swings. He knew to, to make those splash plays. Yes. So going after a Sterling. 
poor 83-year-old guy is getting Caserta killing him for a botched home run call, saying, this guy's standing in front of me. This is why I can't get a big league job. And on his own, bringing up Sterling on our show, saying he should basically stick to fat journals, which, again, <laughs> homework of the show you're working on. By the end of the show, though, he had come down a little bit. By the fourth update, it was kind of more of a straight update. Do you think that was because he had settled in and had made his big plays and realized, I don't have to do anything here? Or was he really salty because maybe he's not a morning person so that the first update was the angriest, which we loved? I think it's one of the classic pie chart moments. I I think that there's a portion there where... All right, he's gotten his angst and whatever out of the way. He understands it's closing time, so to speak, on the DA show. I also got the feeling there was a a little bit of a portion of guilt leaning on him that he felt specifically about the Sterling part that as a play-by-play person himself, he shouldn't have gone after a legend. I think he was trying to sweep it under the rug, although it became the epic fail of the day. And also, though, to give him a pass, if you're going to talk about that in a negative way as far as, you know, calming down, The third update, and I believe I'm correct here, we also had a guest in the same segment, and there was a little bit of, you know, trying to hammer down the right timing with him. How much should he write, be prepared for? And I think he that was kind of more of a winging it, I'm just going to calm down update because it's, you know, other bigger stuff is going on this segment. Okay. Well, Caserta, he was really great, and if we ever needed another call up for Caserta, he would be more than welcome to come up. Definitely, with open arms. Now Friday Schwartz appearance came out of nowhere. We didn't think we didn't know it was coming. We usually get the schedules well in advance, a couple weeks in advance. We didn't see him. Well, hold P- on. We got the schedules in advance. He was not on it. Okay. The problem is he was on it. He was on the schedule for three weeks for that Friday. This has come out since after the Friday show, and I did a little digging. Okay. Meaning, I hate to throw him under the bus. But the same boss that fed us the bad stun to a news story didn't send us that schedule that existed that everybody saw. He just sent us five days and five names and had it wrong, had it flat out wrong. We had Erica scheduled, in, in our mind, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Marco Thursday, Caserta Friday. Right. Caserta got bumped to Thursday. And that was only because something came up with Marco. Caserta was always on the schedule Friday following Schwartz. He was, and he did work Friday afternoon at CBS Sports Radio, meaning instead of just letting us know Schwartz was there, our boss made a mistake in telling us it was Caserta in the morning when the schedule all along always said Peter Schwartz. So we should not have been stunned doing news by the Schwartz thing if not for a mess up by our boss, which, you know, should be a little more attention to detail there, no? I don't get it. I don't get what you're saying here. What do you mean? You heard me wrong? So on Friday... He told us Greg Caserta was going to be in with us on Friday. Yeah. In fact, Greg Caserta was never going to be in with us on Friday. He was always for three weeks scheduled to work afternoons, the Maggie and Pearl So Caserta trip. was never scheduled with us because no. we were supposed to have Marco on Thursday. Exactly. The only reason Caserta ended up with us in the end was because Marco needed to take off very last minute. Does this boss in question do the scheduling of the update, guys? Yes. Upon further investigation, Pete the Body Bilotti, we are really going inside here, takes care of the scheduling purposes of the off-air people, the producers, the board operators, the people who cut audio, the tapes, the Jack Stearns, the Dave Shepherds. That crew reports to Pete. The anchors, uh, you know, Bogish, Belletti, all these, they report to Dave and the on-air hosts report to our other boss, Spike, and that 
they come together and they churn out a schedule and give to us. So Boston Question booked Pete Schwartz for Friday. Mm-hmm. So he knew for three weeks that Pete was going to be on our show. Right. We could have built something for three weeks about this. So not only did we get a... We were misinformed about who our anchors were. Mm-hmm. But we also didn't get the blinking headline of, hey, by the way, you guys got Schwartz coming up here. And if you know our show, like many of you do, I mean, it would have been like draft capsules. We could have been playing back Schwartz's greatest hits for three weeks if we knew he was coming out. Or certainly for two weeks if we knew that first week and we had time to get stuff together. Well, conspiracy theory then, was this supposed to be buried? Whoa. Is it because it was wor- they were worried that we would antagonize, inflame, or maybe even scare away Schwartz from doing the shift? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> well, I think there could be truth to that because there's another important thing. If you if you do a lot of investigation, you play Dateline inside the DA show. Remember, Schwartz made a point to say to me and say on the air that he, he didn't use the word begged, but essentially had originally said no. And by the three-week mark, still had peop- uh, the bosses come back and say, no, you have to do it. We have nobody. Schwartz's quote was, they asked me to step up. Right. So he had originally declined the offer. Which would have been four weeks ago. And then it took him a week to convince Pete to say yes. That's what he said on the show. So if you're management, and maybe you don't know the real dynamic between us and Pete, maybe you're a little weary that we'll run him out of there. We know, you know we play audio of him screwing up. You know that we like to take runs at guys, a lot of it in good fun. And you know that some members of staff have been sensitive. Some members have not been when it comes to taking runs at him, do you say, let's act like this is a surprise that Schwartz is coming in and not feed the beast just to make sure we have somebody to work that shift? That is an, a diabolical theory, <laughs> but really not outlandish. It's not. It's believable. Because one of two things happen, right? Either a boss who was in charge of scheduling made a terrible error to us in just screwing up who was going to work on a show, which we should know, or it was purposely done to not have us screw him and having to scramble for somebody else. And the the underlying layer of question is that the boss in question knows our show inside and out. Yeah, big fan. So much so that he fed us a potential stun to a news story that obviously ended up being wrong. <laughs> so he would know better than anybody why we would love to give that get the heads up that Schwartz is on the show. Yeah. I mean, sh- that would be Schwartz's first return of the show in years. I mean, it was his first return, yes. So to, to not tell us doesn't make any sense because, we, of course, it, it would be the biggest thing on the show. So it would almost have to be purposeful. This is amazing. This is amazing. Is there a way to straight out ask? Do we care? Would we even get a straight answer if we did it? I don't know if we get a straight answer. That's the thing. I think that the undercurrent of difficulty in scheduling, which is hit us maybe harder than other shows because we've said yes on this guy, no on these guys. We're more particular. Has left them a little light-handed when it comes to scheduling for us. And maybe there's a little bit more difficulty, maybe a little bit more sensitivity 
of making sure we get the right guys in with the DA show because if not, it blows up in their face. Right. Other shows just take what they can get. We will vote people off the island like Survivor if we take them and they're awful. And then make entire shows in weeks about how bad it was. To remind them not to bring them back around this part of town. That's right. And in the the irony of all ironies is that Schwartz was great. Superb. He was great. I would make the case it was his best shift on the DA show ever, and he did two full-time years. It's in that conversation. Well, mainly he was awake the four hours, so that was a huge part of it. Well, here's why Schwartz did so well on Friday. He jumped in, good attitude, out of the shoot. Wasn't worried we were going to make fun of him. Wasn't defensive. Wasn't lackadaisical. Nope. Good energy. I'm here. I'm happy to be here. Announced it on Twitter to the world. I'm, I'm coming into the DA show. Number two, when we started to bring up the things that we poke fun at him about, he did not become defensive. He did not become an excuse maker. He either owned it or admitted, you know, I was a baby in that instance. Right. It was very clear cut with him what what he believed in and what he thought he made a mistake in. And, and there was nothing muddled about it. And we crushed him for the killing IHOP on Mother's Day thing multiple shows make the case, multiple years now, and he didn't hide from that. In fact, said he would still do it again, and it almost made me feel like <laughs> I'm disarmed. I can't keep knocking that because you're not you're, – you're, to you, you're right anyway. He handled the press conference perfectly. He he told a funny story about the elevator thing, getting stuck in the elevator. FDNY had to, to save him. He was funny about falling asleep during updates or the overnight days. Yeah. He was self-deprecating about that. He then did the Q&A press conference. So he did claim he was tired because he went to the gym right after the show. <laughs> okay, that, that, well, that did happen. Maybe a little excuse me. <laughs> the Q&A from the listeners that we peppered him with, answered them all. He did. Admitted that the, the chase for verification, he needs to drop it. He did say he was misinterpreted there, but I kind of believe him. About saying he wasn't saying that the woman in question didn't deserve to be having a check mark. He just deserved to have one. Along with her. Right. He was just giving you a name of a part-timer just like he is. If that, she's going to have one, then right. I deserve one. Exactly. I've done more. He's got a decent argument there. Yeah. And and then with the Twitter verification said, you know what? I was being a little bit of a baby with that. You know, I'm just going to let that go. Which, okay. I hop he owned. I mean, he, he owned everything Would else. Go back to the vet again. He owned the vet. Not the Philly vet. No, the veterinarian clinic. And... When we were roasting Shep for the Chef, the Shep and JR clip, Pete was laughing right along with us. He didn't pile on, which was actually a smart deal by Pete. Right. He played it very well. He was laughing and entertained, but it wasn't it wasn't his place to pig pile. I think he felt the glass house in that spot. You know, for different reasons, but I think he felt that, but would show that he could laugh along at others as well. You know, whatever the reason was, Pete walked in here and delivered the goods. He delivered the updates. They were good. His sense of humor, very good. His attitude, very good. His fit, very good. Ironic. So it was just a huge, overwhelming win, and 
you know, after the show, he texted me like, hey, thanks for having me back on. Would love to. Oh, did he? Yeah. He said, hey, that was really fun today. And I said, Pete, that was really fun. Great. You did a great job today. We would love oh, to have you back. How about that? So, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he wants to to work more. I'm sure he enjoys doing our show. Makes him kind of an icon in many listeners' minds because he's been built up over the years. Well, and it's a big show to do. It's a big spot. And he really did it. He did it well. So, I give him a lot of credit. I do, too. And then you went right back today to crushing him. Well. Hold on. I'm taking the gloves off for a while. Yeah, and I, I saw that attitude. Actually, I'm putting the gloves on. Whatever the, the metaphor is for not punching. It needs to be said. I came in on Tuesday shows I always do to gather sound check, and I had zero intentions and zero anything sent to me negative on the short string. There was nothing there, nor was I going to dig. I'm done digging for short. Somebody wants to send me something, I'm not digging for a while. I was sitting in the newsroom. I had three clips typed up. I was done with sound check. And then he stepped in Amy's studio at 5.30 a.m. And the monitor, I didn't turn up, just happened to be on next to me as I was listening. And it was like when you see a squirrel just jumping through a prairie (laughs) and there's an unleashed dog. And you're sitting there and you want to yell and help the squirrel and say, no, no. Schwartz, he didn't bring it up. Amy brings up that she's going to the, quote, new arena. Pete, you know a little (laughs) something about the new arena. And my hair that's left starts going on fire. No, no. I was done with sound check. No. And she walks him right into what are your food recommendations at the new arena. And chicken fingers and fries is what he gives her after all that. What am I supposed to do there? Back off? Am I supposed to hide that audio? Am I supposed to ignore that that didn't happen? Or do I understand that he was accepting of all the knocks on him and just keep the train rolling? And that's what I did. Let's insert that clip where Pete talks to Amy about the best food options at the new arena, and we reacted to it right here. And Schwartz joined the show to give her some tips of the food game. What should we expect when we get to UBS Arena on Thursday? I well, first of all, I will be there with my family too, oh, so fun. maybe even get a we chance say to hello. see you there. I don't oh, know. Oh, so I'm... that's what we should expect, producer James, that yes. we have to meet up with the Schwartz <laughs> family and have a little bite to eat. I mean, I'm always that. about the food. Oh, there you, you go. Really argue and the that. concessions are really good. Oh, there's plenty of places all around. There's like these market areas that have different choices and stuff like that. What's there's... your go-to food at the new UBS Arena? Since I know yeah, you've covered yeah. games there, uh, there is a a marketplace area uh, on each floor that has a variety of things. The chicken fingers and french fries uh, are like to die I mean, for you there. you can't, like, you don't have to say anything else. You can't do better than chicken fingers and french fries. Yeah, there yes, you is can. also a, a game for yeah, sure. Yeah, in the upstairs concourse. I have not tried it yet, but I'm, I've heard don't it's, say sushi. it's incredible. No, I, I hate sushi. <laughs> there is a Chinese food a concession stand that is upstairs. Really? That I heard is that a is, new, brand new arena thing? Chinese? Food? I don't know. I have not tried it yet. It's the one of the places that we have not sampled yet. But I'm, I, my understanding is that the food is outstanding. Okay, there's a couple of things to take away here. Number one, I'm very intrigued by a Chinese food stand in an arena. Right. I right. like that idea a lot. Give me some pork fried rice as I watch my hockey. I'm in on that. I agree. Number two. Of course, Schwartz hates sushi. Like, it's the most predictable thing of all time. People hate sushi. Ridiculous. (laughs) Mraz hated sushi for the first 70 years of our relationship because he said it was trendy. Yeah. 
I said, it's only been trendy for 7,000 years. <laughs> Number three, how can you go and advise somebody to eat food at a new arena and go chicken fingers fries? Whatever the chicken fingers and fries are at this new arena can't taste any different than any bucket of tenders and fries in any other stadium or arena anywhere. That can't be the first thing you suggest. And by the way, I'm high on Schwartz right now after Friday. Right. And Amy coming back with, you can't beat it. She's being nice there. No. No, no, no. No. Because I I tried to make a joke about this after her show ended. Like, oh, man, Schwartz. Can you believe just chicken? She goes, oh, there's nothing better than chicken fingers at a stadium. Well, you could really like that. It's just, if you're going to be adventurous about food at a new arena, you're not going to do that. I'll say this about chicken fingers. The best chicken fingers for a chicken finger world, I actually do think, generally speaking, are at stadiums for some reason. They're flatter, they're better. But ultimately, in this day and age where basically you're getting World Series rings with brisket, you could do better than chicken fingers at a new arena. Got it. And there are times, because I've got two kids, where I take a bite of the chicken finger, I'm like, oh, this is delicious. Like, there is a deliciousness to them. I get that. But as an adult, again, that can't be your number one thing. And you and I go to City Field, they have chicken fingers on top of, like, delicious sweet potato waffle fries with special sauce and a jalapeno. Like, you can give me those chicken fingers because they're a little more advanced. But we're talking now about a kitty meal. And these two are like, <laughs> yeah, that's the best you can do. Like, it's unacceptable. And Sean's right. Like, she's a hundred. That was not her being courteous. That was her also having the palate of a four-year-old, which is a remarkable thing. That that's not the most immature thing said on the show today. It's Sean's Easter basket takedown. Right. And she did give it hey, the sushi. Yeah, you know, and she, I'm surprised hey. she didn't because she doesn't like Chinese food either. We've heard that before. I'm surprised we didn't get even go, go even deeper down that hole. Are we also burying the lead here? This was Schwartz in studio. Is he doing updates? Yeah. yeah. So he is filling in on our New York 880 affiliate, and they have to do a, a like a 5:30 a.m. update here. Is that like the old Brad Heller role? Right. Which wow. which led to because my little booth that I sit in is is in no way soundproof, so everybody can hear me doing things, and I can hear everybody else talking outside. And I heard Amy say to producer James, why didn't Andrew do the update? Is it too much for him? And I almost swung the door open. I want to be like, no, I'm here until 1.30. That's why I'm not doing the 5.30. So, like, leave me alone. <laughs> is it too much for me? <laughs> I just, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He had a great Friday. I'm not going to forget that performance. I want to keep the train moving. I want to keep the feet moving here. Yeah. Okay? New because, year, new you, huh? Because Pete is welcome back on the show if he wants to do shifts. And I would imagine with summer days coming up here, I would hope it now becomes bogus is the clear number one, obviously. <laughs> I would hope it's his full-time gig. <laughs> <laughs> clear number one, obviously. <laughs> I mean, for for forevermore, it's bogus at number one. He's our best option. Will always be our best option. Number two, I think you're splitting between Erica Caserta and Schwartz, and all the three are equal. Not taking a leg up with one, huh? No, I think those three are equal. Fair. I think those three are equal. Now, if you're going to tell me Erica's going to come back to the studio, do in-studio, that's a little different. Much different. But when her doing it at home, there's a little bit of a disconnect, obviously, detachment. Well, that's what I was going to say. Both Caserta and Schwartz were here. Correct. Yeah. Erica is very bubbly, funny, everything when she's in studio. So if she comes back, you're right. Hey, 
we don't have a lot of depth a lot of places. If now we have bogus depth, that's a good We have thing. bogus depth. Yeah, we have yeah. three really good. I hate to do it to Marco, but. We haven't seen him. We haven't seen Marco in years. And he just started giving opinions and not listening to what was going on in the show and just rehashing what we just talked about. And this past week he got Wally pipped. True. He opened up the door for Schwartz and, and Caserta, and they both walked through. <laughs> they did. Man, it's amazing. You have all this depth behind Bogish, and here we are. Anytime me and Pete went off, and it feels like Kevin Walls is being run <laughs> into the ground here. Which, by the way, I'm out Thursday. Wall back in. I'm out Friday. Who's in on Friday? Emmanuel. Oh, I miss an Emmanuel? We both miss an Emmanuel. It oh. takes both you and I being off for Emmanuel to come oh, in. Oh, really? Yeah. I like Emmanuel. Emmanuel is a young Fordham grad. Great voice, great pipes, strong worker, serious about his craft. I just like him. Kind of feels like Walls, like the Brett Gardner, and you're just waiting for a, a prospect like Emmanuel to knock through. But Walls just he keeps playing, playing in the lineup every day. I have still not discussed Pete's stomach bug swoon. Oh, D, uh, Bogus and I will get into that on the air. Beat. Okay, all right. I have. We touched on it on on last week's PGP, mm-hmm. but Pete. Had a stomach bug swoon on Monday. Leaves the show mid-show. Moraz takes over. Does a tremendous job taking over, steering the ship the rest of the day Monday because there's nobody else available. Tuesday's Pete's out with the stomach bug swoon. Wednesday out with the stomach bug swoon. Thursday out stomach bug swoon. He changed his excuse Thursday. It was child care. Right. But I'm just saying that right. it was all built in. Yes. So a four-day stomach bug swoon, which gave us four Kevin Wall days. Yes, it did. And... Well, three, because the first day was me flying by the seat of my pants. Three, three and a half. Yeah. You had a, you right? Okay, so three Kevin Wall days, one 50-50 Bilotti Mraz split. Right. So, Four. so we got to Friday, and we were just so jammed that it was a Schwartz day. So I just we had to focus on Schwartz. <laughs> he was the star of the offense that day. You build every play around Schwartz there. Especially every- when that's what the crowd came for. As I said, buzz. Exactly. I couldn't even get parking that day. <laughs> Looking around. Walk blocks. No and I players just, lot spots available. I knew the anticipation, so every time he's in for an update, I've got to build something before the update to talk to Schwartz about. First time, it's the elevator story. Second time, it's the falling asleep at the, at the anchor desk story. <laughs> Actually, no, I take it back. 6.30 Eastern was Welcome Back Pete, and we do like the Welcome Back thing. Right. Second hour was the elevator. Third hour was the falling asleep. Fourth hour was the Q&A press conference. Whew. I can't even fit in the Pete stomach, bucks, stomach bug swoon. But we have to at some point address the fact that you took over the wheel and you were great. So that yeah. deserves its own day. Pete's, uh, Pete's avoided the questions on that early. I think he's trying to ignore it. But I will say that we come through Bogus and I on side B and we play theatrical or not theatrical to Pete exiting with a stomach bug. <laughs> okay. So we got to talk about that. But I do want to just address that palpable buzz because Schwartz coming back on Friday, it's a big deal to you and I. I'm going to try to explain this. I don't know if I'll do this justice. <laughs> but the four of us, me, you, Brock, and Pete, became a very tight foursome during those two years. 
for a couple of reasons. Number one, we began the network as a show, and so all of those shows became like little tight knit groups because mm-hmm. there wasn't there was an evolution of the station for people to move from shift to shift and to you replace people. So the people that were on your original show became very tight. Secondly, we're the only people here in the middle of the night, so we became even more tight because of that. Thirdly, me, you, and Brock immediately became friends. We were of kind of the same age. I was a little older than you guys, but still, we we were of the same ilk. And so the three of us became very fast friends. And then Schwartz was a little bit of an outsider, but still, like, the four of us were something. We, we had a thing. The chemistry was obvious, and that is why the listeners enjoyed it, the affiliates enjoyed it, and that's why we eventually got promoted. Fourthly, we, as a as a show, kind of continued even without Brock and Schwartz. So we end up going to nights, the two of us, then mid-mornings, then the morning. So we have the one rare thread on the station right? where we began as something and are currently something that's kind of the same. So besides Jim Rome, Rome's been the constant, same crew mostly. Um, Hawk left, and he's, you know, Kyle left. but A slight tinker here or there. But same show and same, you know, same time slot. So that's the one constant. And we have floated through in these different iterations. And so if you're a listener that goes back to the early days, you knew we had something a little a little different, a little unique. And 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 that was a badge of honor because we started something together. And so Pete not being with us for a myriad of reasons, he left, well, we left that time slot. He then left that time slot. He then left doing full-time updates. He then has done a lot of other stuff to come back and do part-time updates. We're now the morning show. For it to come back together on Monday was not only important for us as like an alumni event. (laughs) Which Schwartz is no stranger to. (laughs) But also for the station. So a guy like Billy Giacolo, who was here in the beginning cutting tape and is still cutting tape nine years later, he's seen everything. Right. A guy like James Boccioni, who's new but has heard the stories. Well, and remember, and not only has he heard the stories, he works with Amy, where Schwartz also worked on the show, and also James Boccioni is an alumni of my college, which not many people make it out of (laughs) to do anything, uh, let alone this business, and as a result was from his professor getting a lot of DA show stuff in classes because of of me. Oh, wow. So Boccioni is aware of the DA show heritage because in the early days he's in college and like I'm like a hero to them, you know what I mean? So you're wow, hearing, wow. so you're hearing stuff like that. Yeah. Producer James Baccioni is Amy's producer overnights. So we come in that day, and as you said, there was a buzz, and undeniable. We're, 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 we're <laughs> this sounds sarcastic, and it sounds like we're laying it on because we do this quite a bit. But in this case, we are not. It, there was no doubt. Something. There was something that happened Friday morning. I, I and I could try to explain this. I walk you through what I walked into in the morning. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm in the car. I'm going in, and there is that feeling already, the anticipation that okay, Schwartz is working, and we don't know what we're going to get out of Schwartz yeah. either. Is Schwartz going to play shy? Is Schwartz going to pretend that we don't pick on him? Is Schwartz going to go back to being funny Schwartz? Like 
We just didn't know what was going to happen Huge with Pete. Huge possibilities. Huge. So there's that immediate anxiety, like going into a big game. Oh, man, are we going to show up? <laughs> Is Durant going to hit the big shots? Like, what are we going to do here? And I get to the station, and I'm telling you, I laugh to myself immediately because the usual parking spots that are open on a Friday are not open, and it's like, whoa, this place is jammed on a Friday. And I walk into the lobby, and instead of the two guys standing in the lobby that are always standing in the lobby, there's a couple random other people there, must be from, like, other stations, and it's just, wow, this is a big Friday. There's people around. It's it's 5 a.m. Eastern time. Place is juiced. And I walk in, and, you know, sometimes you can walk in, the lights are a little dimmed, people are quiet. It's a very chatty newsroom. <laughs> it's people are smiling. It's a Friday. Springtime's here. And there's Pete with this, you know, bigger than you presence, this gigantic six foot five man. And he's not sitting like Bogus does in this little side studio closet getting prepped. No, Pete's making the rounds. It's like he's going around the locker room, patting everybody in the ass, shaking, you know, shaking their shoulders. How you guys doing? Hey, Pete, what's going on? And it's just everybody's having a conversation. Suddenly, Four people quiet at their desk became eight to nine people standing up, buzzing around, joking around at five in the morning. It was just like, wow, all right, this place is alive today. It's alive. <laughs> and I didn't know if I was the only one feeling it and sensing it until I went in. And Jock alone was like, well, that's a good Friday. It's a good Friday. And I went into James Baccioni and said, there's, there's palpable buzz with Schwartz in the building. And he looks and he goes, there is. There really is. <laughs> Everybody felt it. And the only common thread was Schwartz always back. Now, it helps if it's a Friday. That helps Definitely. going into a weekend. It and nice a, weather, not the dead of winter. Right. It wasn't a Monday. It wasn't a Tuesday. It was a Friday. People are naturally juiced. It was a rare, really nice Friday. First one maybe we've had yet of the year, so that helped. Right. No jacket even needed out of the car in the middle of the night. But And this might be Schwartz's secret sauce, and we never identify it. That Schwartz physically is imposing. He's 6'4", right. 350. Yes, he's he huge. is. He has talked about how he's nearly hit four spins before. <laughs> yes, he his has. heaviest he got to three ninety, I think. Yes, so he's a huge guy. He's not a meek little character that sit in the corner like Jacob Wilkins could be here, and you wouldn't even know because he's five seven and one hundred and fifteen pounds. With all due respect, Bogish has been here, and I haven't even known <laughs> until the first update of the show. But he's just a large lumbering man. Also. Schwartz has his flaws. We've called him out on the show. We poked fun at it before. But Schwartz is gregarious. And it's probably how he gets himself into so many ticket situations, et cetera. He'll talk to you. Hey, what's going on? He's got a story to share. Right. He, you know, I think when he comes in, he sees a Billy Giacalone. He wants to catch up. He senses Billy's excitement. He wants to catch up with a Baccioni. He wants to catch up with a Jerry Recco. He sees the guys around. You know, he's not he's not timid. Schwartz right. has a presence. And to that point, it's he's such talkative. A, he's talkative. And when you're talkative like that, you are rare in this. When he's actually finally talking to you, you realize, I don't care about this conversation. <laughs> but... When he's talking to everybody else, it's at such a loud volume and such a good back and forth <laughs> that you can't help but turn around and wonder, ooh, what are they talking about over there? And that is the rare energy he provides. <laughs> so, so if Schwartz is talking to you, you don't care. If Schwartz is talking to somebody else, you do care. 
I know that sounds outrageous, <laughs> but you know, this laughter, there's something going on back and forth, and all it probably is is somebody's fake laughter back at them, but your ears perk up and you kind of want to hear what's going on over there, and that makes people rise out of their seats, join in on conversations. It, it is an unbelievable quality to have. It's it's hard to put your finger on, but there is something. And <laughs> To have him coming through like a conquering hero. And he likes to play that part, too. I mean, he tweeted about returning to the show. He was taking some bows and thanking people. He, he's he got a little showman in him. Taking pictures? He's taking pictures. Billy Jockalone and Amy Lawrence. I'm shocked we didn't get the picture. Taking pictures. And I think Schwartz is smarter than we give him credit for. I think Schwartz knows that Friday had to be a little bit of a shtick because he knows that's what we like. He knows that's how you get your face back on the show is if you can play along with our game, then we'll we'll tell the bosses we like you. I mean, like you said, other shows, just whatever you get, you get, and we are very particular about this person works, this person doesn't. And if this person doesn't work, we're going to shred them until you are embarrassed to ever put them on our shift again. <laughs> That's terrible. That really is terrible. I know, it really is. Pete knew he had to bring it if he wanted more shifts. And Pete delivered. And I would be the same way. Like, let's just say one day Gio was out and they're like, DA, you got to fill in with Boomer today. Go in there. I couldn't just play it like down the middle. I would have to be like, I've got to bring it today. I've got to show up for Boomer. I've got to show up for the TV. I've got to lather it on a little bit. I gotta, I gotta be something at the next level on the dial. Schwartz did it. He knew what we were looking for, and I give him total credit for that. He's smart in that way. I, I I've told Moist Pork this before. <laughs> yeah, in your in your discussions yeah. behind the scenes, I, I have. I've told Moist. I believe it was Moist Pork. I told this before. You know, when he asked me, he goes, "You know, are you just you're always like this." And I said, "Look." You never know when there's a kid going to school in the car for the first time turning on the radio. If I'm a bore, they ain't coming back. They, you know, they pay good money. Listen, you got to give them something. So like Joe DiMaggio. Yeah. Yeah, kids want to see Joe D play, want to be in a lineup. I got to be. That's why I hate taking a sick day. I got to be in a lineup, but I got to give my best. (laughs) Unless, of course, I'm taking a week and a half off in July, in which case you're on your own. It was an incredible week on many, many, many levels. It was an incredible week. And at the end of the day, somehow Pete missed most of it, Bilotti, except for the Schwartz Day. Pete missed the entire week except the Crown Jewel Schwartz Day. And not to carry on and on with this, but it almost makes me wonder, had Schwartz not been in, would Pete have just ragged out and called it a week? <laughs> a full week. A full week. I think who, I mean, at that point you've committed, you come back for one day. I think he didn't want to miss the Schwartz buzz. And I also feel like because he as a schedule maker, wasn't in on Schwartz being in. He wanted to make sure his presence was felt for Schwartz being in. <laughs> Bogus took spring break and went to uh, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Pete almost took the full week and just stayed home. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the most Pete trip ever. Well, that was a fun week. That that was that paid every single that was that paid off in in every single way. So, if you missed Friday's show, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to it because it is a doozy. All of it. That is Friday, whatever last Friday was, 
Today is <laughs> I think the 15th? April 19th, so that was April 15th. Yeah, Friday the 15th, tax day. Okay, so side B, you got Bogues back after the vacation. Yeah, so check in with Bogues. I ask him if he feels as if he might be getting Wally pipped. We present the scenario to him. And a little Bogues thoughts about Pete going down for the count live on Twitch, which certain listeners got. And theatrical or not theatrical? We get into it next. A deeper dive on the stomach bug swoon <laughs> coming of 2022 <laughs> coming up next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Howdy doody do. It is Mraz, host of Side B. How are you? You know the routine now, how we usually start this thing. Joining me today, we had no Side B last week. That's right. That's right. Andrew Bogish on his fifth vacation of the calendar year is back. He's tan. He's glowing. He's living his best life. Andrew Bogish, how are you? So you're telling me I wasn't here last week and between Kevin Wall, Peter Schwartz, Erica Herskowitz, all of these people, you didn't do a side B? Bogish, we will let you in on what developed, and this is really where I should tackle things with you here, in what I can only describe as one of the wildest behind-the-scenes weeks to date in the DA show, specifically in this year. You left on vacation, and it was no problem. The ships were covered. We would figure it out. Me, Cap, DA, PD, we pick up the slack without you. And just like that, with the blink of an eye, Friday, uh, Monday morning, about two hours in, we thought we lost Pete. Frankly, we thought we really lost Pete. <laughs> we ended up losing him until Friday, meaning we had to slide a Kevin Wall in, but it was day by day, and then the schedule of who was replacing you got all screwed up. We were Actually, it was never screwed up, as it turns out. We were just relayed the wrong information day to day. So on top of that, when you are very calm at picking up other people's jobs. When the people fill in for you and have to do multiple stations, it's like if you ask them to do anything other than that, it's like you're asking them to split the atom. So there was no possibility there to record. And in fact, my original plan when you were away was I'll just do it with the body. The body doesn't come back to work till Friday. 
So me and DA did a little bit of an elongated side A, and that was the PGP. It was wild. It was wonky. You were missed. Uh, so real quickly, the thing that, uh, you know, you wanted to know the most, or maybe, you know, could be Schwartz-related, Caserta-related, Pete the Body-related, while you were away, paying attention to any details on the DA show, what, what came to mind? Well, I, I wish I was here two Mondays ago when the body actually broke down. Uh, I just, I kind of wanted... N- I have absolutely admitted in the past on this podcast, on the show, that I do enjoy when Pete gets angry, when Pete gets upset, when Pete gets flustered. I think it's entertainment. That's mean. It's cold-hearted. I get it, but I, I, it makes me entertained, and shamefully, I, I, sure. I like it. I also a little bit of an ambulance chaser. Like I, 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 I slow down. Is there a car crash? What's going on? Like, yeah, you oh, turn somebody, the book. somebody broke a leg in a football game. I gotta go see it. Like I'm, I guess I'm kind of into the gore stuff. So that's fine. That's actually normal. I think so. I think so. Um, so I wanted to be here. I wanted to see Bilotti in full sweat. I, think I wanted they call to see it morbid curiosity. Yeah, absolutely, got that in spades. I want to see Bilotti quivering. I want, do we call an ambulance? Do we get him some saltines? Where's the ginger ale? Here's a bucket. Throw into this. You know, I, I wish I was here for that. As dramatic as it sounds now from, you know, secondhand yes. knowledge. So I, I will tell you the last time we taped the PGP a week ago, Pete was still not back at work and we weren't fully talking about what happened to Pete because it was still kind of like, it was, it was an odd, we'll call it medical situation because that's what Pete called it. <sighs> so in essence, what we come to find out now as we sit here on April 19th, Pete had a stomach bug. He had a right. stomach virus, which yes. felt real because in real time, Pete started sweating profusely from his shiny bald head. And he started, like, groaning words, mumbling words, which I don't want to laugh at. But, like, again, I'm laughing now because he's clearly all right and been back to work. Yeah. We got a lot of, and I'm like, Pete, what's going on? DA is looking at me through the glass like, what is going on with Pete? And I am, I am, because I'm terrible, trying to hold back laughter in real mode because I, like, what is, like, it was like I was at a Broadway play, like, right. and I, you know what I mean? It was like going to see a really bad theater production of the JFK assassination. <laughs> well, and we've talked about And I'm not the, saying Pete faked it, it was just the way he handled the right. stomach bug. And this has been brought up on this podcast before on... What was the Geo and Jones after party? Right. Me and Pete and Mike Biseglia. Is exaggerate the right word? I don't know. But Pete, in attempts to keep things quiet and private, right. ends up making things bigger than they are. That's a perfect encapsulation. It's it's counterproductive. He's trying to keep things on the down low. Like low-key. I don't feel good. I don't want to let anybody know. But by fighting right. it, or, or listen, rewind, rewind, rewind. The the week before I left, he stuck his head into my little anchor booth and said, hey, is there a stomach bug going around your school too because Timmy's homesick? Right. And I go, oh, no, not that I think of. And then I went home, by the way, that night, and my kid walked into my room and threw up on my feet at like midnight there because was. he yep. was sick. And then I found out that other kids were out. Like, we were almost nervous that we couldn't go on our trip because we thought he was going to be sick on the plane or whatever. So... Pete was sick, but instead of just going, I've got a stomach bug, he says medical whatever. Medical. And like, you don't hear from him for hours, and there's yeah. weird cryptic texts where if you just said, hey, I got a stomach bug, or I think I got food poisoning, or my kid made me sick, everyone leaves you alone then. He right. invites wonder and curiosity right. and 
by trying to not create that stuff. So Kaplan happens to catch this by accident. He doesn't know anything's wrong. He just is shooting B-roll of us on a break. Yeah. And it leads the Twitch audience to go, what is going on with Pete? He's sweating or whatever. <laughs> so I have to quickly sign off. And as we've all known, because I've taken my victory lap by now, as I did on last week's PGP, about doing other people's jobs. Right, yes. I had to slide in Thank and you, run by the, the board. Way for that. No, I, I, look, I found your stun doing news this whole week. I did all of that. But, no, I basically left to answer for questions. So Pete is back, came back Friday. He's back this week. And we posed the question to him on Monday Pete, did we have any, did you think this had anything to do with the end? And Pete, no, 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 this was definitely a stomach bug. And as you brought up, there's been a stomach bug going on. I, I totally agree that that's what it was. But it leads to a further question. Did the end somehow burn the linings inside of him and his fighting on that make him more susceptible to having a worse reaction to yeah. a stomach bug, which led to what we saw there? Or number two, and I believe I brought this back up to DA and Bilotti, could you imagine if the stomach bug was a week earlier right? and he flat out was missing days he was supposed to eat the end, then we would be questioning whether he was scared or not. Right, and I, and again, that would those would be valid questions because, you know, Pete, this all begins, and on Tuesday's show, we again revisited the long history of this network, especially in the morning. This all begins in, like, uh, 2014, 2015, where Pete, for the first time, wanted to be off the day after WrestleMania right. and just couldn't say it. I and believe it was the Royal Rumble. Whatever it was, it was a post-wrestling thing, and this and was, this the- was Gio and Jones times. Oh. Yeah, yeah, but here's the thing. I believe it was Royal Rumble because this started with Gio and Jones did to us. The problem was the day after Royal Rumble was always the first week of super, first day of Super Bowl week, and right. that was the issue. But he so but he couldn't just say, I want to be off for this. Like he had and even I there was even one time where he was going to the event and like he made it seem like it was a coincidence that he was in Dallas that weekend. Oh, I get to go to WrestleMania too. Like he, like, <laughs> he went there for that. So he made he like made the story bigger than it needed to be. So had he been sick leading into the end, right. we would have been right to question whether he was blowing up this tiny little stomach bug to avoid the end. Now, right. to your original question, I would love to be able to connect the end to this, and maybe it's possible but to me in my non-medical head there are too many days in between the end and then the beginning of the sickness to think that they're connected we could all it's just funny because and again i basically had my hands around pete i helped him get to a bathroom now i didn't stay in there with him while he did whatever he had to do right i'm touching him I'm, i'm next to him i never got the stomach bug so that's what left me open to if i didn't get it yeah. Knock on wood. We're still. I mean, no one else in my house. Only my only my right. kid puked for like thirty six hours. That and was then, it. I don't know. I, I've grown up in a world where, like, if I'm around somebody with a stomach bug, it feels fairly contagious. To not get it made me think maybe the end really had something to do with this. I think I was trying to believe. Uh, I mean, did it did it weaken his system? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, he thought it was going to clear his sinuses and clear his laryngitis. The point is he had a lot of burn marks left in those intestines. It's possible. Itself. Some open wounds inside that digestive tract. Real quickly, now, on top of that, pivoting to the other stories of last week, all the fill-ins. Erica did a strong job, as she always does. Of course. But then, you know, we've done Erica before. So not that she's old news, but, like, we knew what to expect with Erica. We got a Greg Caserta and then a Peter Schwartz. And let me just say, both did an excellent job and was the first time I think we all walked away going, Bogues is replaceable. Okay. Bo- now, you're still the best. That's but now we know it's like one of those, we weren't saying on Thursday and Friday, can't wait for Bogues to come back. Do you feel any Wally Pip feeling right now? I mean, I think it's a it's divided. Uh, Greg Custard is very talented. I like Greg personally. Greg went to Fordham, so 
I'm on I'm on team Caserta. Okay. I'd have a tough time personally if you guys got to a place where you chose Schwartz over me. Now, nostalgia might have something to do with it. We were feeling good about yeah. the old days. And to me, Tuesday's show, he took a dive with his ridiculous chicken fingers take I agree. on UBS Arena. I agree. But I will just say this about Schwartz. I think he was better suited to do the morning banter updates than he was in the overnights where he was sleeping every 15 minutes. <laughs> I mean, no one is suited for that shift. No, but, I mean, he even admitted to sleeping. I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. It was an unbelievable job by him. I just, I don't know what to say. I, I'm still kind of torn and can't believe that we've come full circle on Schwartz and the DA show. And I just, I'm at a place now, if you got a really good play-by-play gig, like lead voice of the USFL, I right. would be okay with Peter Schwartz coming back home. Well, first of all, thank you for thinking I could get a job like that. That's a change from your normal stance on my... Well, I'd argue the USFL career. might be a step down from Delaware, but still. Okay. You'd have to move to Birmingham. Either, that's true. That's, that's a tough commute. Um, I just, I feel like... I get nostalgia. I get Schwartz was good on Friday. I feel like, though, by the third Friday, he'd be back to normal Schwartz, and he'd want to strangle him. You know what? I'm not going to confirm nor deny that, but it's just all hypotheticals we can live, live in. And uh, truth be told, I guess, if I get a job that gets me at it, get, gets me somewhere I want to go, and it's Schwartz, then more power to him, but... If it's just simply a so value you, judgment and you're like, ah, let me get Schwartz You think here. if that happens a month in, we're texting you going, folks, what can we do here? Can we get John remote? I think you're texting Caserta and going, do you want to Do you want to take <laughs> Schwartz's job? How do we, how do we make well, this happen? To be fair, Caserta probably would have already declined the job before we went to Schwartz, but nonetheless. That's true. Nonetheless. That's All right, Bogues, follow hey, you on Twitter? Yeah, at Andrew Bogish. You can follow me on Schwartz Twitter. on Sports. Yeah, on Instagram, <laughs> at Maraz CBS. Have a great weekend, everyone. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.